KQED. Waiting to Exhale probably would classify as a horror book if you're 14, <laughs> yeah, 13. Say. You're like, don't get married <laughs> don't ever. Don't get married ever. Men are not to be a trusted. A cautionary tale. Exactly. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I am Carly. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The, the Cooler. Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week is a special episode because Halloween's right around the corner, so we thought we'd make this one extra spooky. We're going to talk about the first movies that scarred us as children, we'll figure out where in the U.S. we should live based on our favorite candy, and we'll test out our teen horror knowledge with a Goosebumps Fear Street quiz. But first up, we need to talk about all these inappropriate costumes going around the internet. So Halloween is the season of those superstores that you see that are open maybe one to two months out of the year. Pop-up stores. Yeah, and a common question is, how do they make enough money to have all this space and only be open for a very short period of time? I was reading this article on Bloomberg Business Week by Claire Sudeth, mm. and I learned some things about the costume industry, and I will share it with you guys right now. Enlighten us, please. These kinds of stores and this costume industry in general makes approximately $2.5 billion every year. And the bulk of that is coming from, like, the Halloween season, just that one yep. month, the month in October. That's insane. That's crazy. It's the season. And then you just discard that costume. You never wear it again because that would be lame. So... It's just like landfill. <laughs> That's why we have global warming. Costumes. Um, speak for yourself. I do wear Halloween costumes <gasps> repeatedly. You're so lame. Oh, I have a great collection of Halloween wigs. Okay. Well, what's the costume that you've had more than once? Uh, my Wednesday Adams. Oh, my God. Oh, That's that amazing. Nice. But I just recycle the wigs. They're fun. What's the craziest right. Halloween costume you've ever had or you've ever worn? Oh, gosh. Do you know that bit of Mean Girls where she discovers, having grown up outside the United States, that Halloween is not a time for actually dressing as something spooky and scary? Oh, yes. Um, I used to be that child that used to dress as something spooky and scary. I dressed as, when I was eight years old, I dressed as a Victorian ghost. That is so on brand for you. Mm-hmm. I love really? that. That's the thing. I look back and I'm like, oh, my self-branding was just perfect. Yeah, you have it. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, what about you? I know you have some costumes. Yeah. Um... The most successful one... You would one, make a good prince. I could see you doing a prince. Well, I was just going to say, the most <laughs> successful one was Prince. <laughs> I know you too well. And it has had such a ripple effect that people still come up to me and they're like, wait, were you at this Halloween party oh, in no. Soma, like in 2013? And it's like, yeah, that was me. I really killed it. And then I got a job out of it, to be honest. I was hired to dance on a stage as Prince at a random 80s dance party yes. Oh my! because yes. someone had seen a picture of me as Prince. That's a side hustle for you. You can yeah. be a Prince impersonator. I'm down. And okay. I, you're like eight foot tall, though. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately eight foot tall. Yeah, I have to kind of just like hunch a little bit to, to get the essence of Prince. Oh, you just have so much of his like liveness as well. That's yes. true. A bit pervy there, sorry. Ooh. You embody him. I'm sorry, I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable there. I am, but we're going to just move past it. Jeez. <laughs> the craziest costume that I had was when I was in um, junior high school, I dressed up as Bernadine from Waiting to Exhale. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie. Mm-hmm. But there's Is a that scene... Angela Bassett? Yes, that's Angela Bassett's character from Waiting to Exhale. And there's a scene in the movie in which she takes all of her husband's clothes oh my God, out yes. of the closet. Yes, 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 yes. And she torches them in the car. And she has like this white, she's wearing like his white button up. She's smoking a cigarette. 
I was Bernadine. So I walked around with a white shirt and a candy cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? I was like, what? It was junior high, so I was like maybe 13. Wait, really? Yeah, I told you I was reading Terry McMillan books as, yeah. a, as a teenager. And it was all about it. Um, and I just wanted to be able to say, get your and get out. <laughs> So, yeah, that's my craziest Halloween. That's amazing. That's pretty on brand, too. That's pretty good. We're also on brand. We really are. So important. So back to this article. I know. <laughs> Beard off. This article is all about how these costume companies are putting out there these outlandish or controversial costumes as a marketing scheme. These kinds of things don't actually make them money. It's just to get you in the door and then you buy a more run-of-the-mill costume. So, for example, some of the ones this year are Sexy Cecil the Lion. No, they didn't. Let him no. rest in peace, please. Oh, no. Sexy Pizza Rat. Oh, I like that. Pizza Rat. Pizza Rat. You don't know Pizza Rat? No. For those who don't know, there's a viral video of a rat in New York climbing down like subway stairs while dragging a piece of pizza. A whole slice of pizza. He was all the rage like three weeks ago. Okay. All the commentary was like, you know, this pizza rat is all of us. As he just like drags this For the pizza rat inside all of us. This guy. So the writer of this article interviewed the guy who was responsible for the pizza rat sexy costume. And he said he saw an opportunity. He saw the video. He got this factory in L.A. that works for him to just take a pre-existing sexy mouse costume and just sew on two pizzas as pockets. So it's easy to think that this kind of marketing is a new thing. But it's just because social media is ever-present. So we see these things all over the internet. But back in the day, it was happening as well. In 1994, O.J. Simpson masks were a thing. Don't even get me started. Yep. And in 1982, Tylenol had to recall millions of tainted pills. Oh, very famous. So people wanted to dress up as poisonous pills. So this isn't a new thing, but it does give me hope that People aren't actually buying these things. They interviewed some person in a Midtown New York costume shop that had Caitlyn Jenner's costume in the window. And okay, she- wait, back it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Caitlyn Jenner's costume. Yes. Break that down for people who don't know. <sighs> so apparently they were trying to recreate Caitlyn Jenner's famous Vanity Fair cover where she's wearing a satin bustier and, and some shorts. And that's now a costume. You can, like, there's a wig as well. But it also is sold next to Bruce Jenner costume, him receiving his medal in his like running suit from the Olympics. So it's just kind of in Mm. the worst taste, like trivializing someone's struggle with gender and identity. And, you know, we don't have to go into why that's bad. We all get that, I would hope. Um, Mm -hmm. But this person who works at the store says it's in our window. Yet I've never seen one person buy this costume. (gasps) That's so interesting. So it's all about just dragging you in. And so they're playing us. They're trolling us. And when you see these costumes on the internet, don't lose hope in humanity because people aren't actually buying that stuff. We just are being susceptible to marketing schemes. So I feel genuinely enlightened by what you said. Now you know. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that, that people weren't wearing them. Stuff. Yeah. So, I it's mean, kind of, I like a... every single year, I like to think that we are getting somewhere and that there won't be any like racist or offensive costumes. And then every year, inevitably, some fraternity or sorority somewhere mm-hmm. throws the most offensive Halloween gathering. Period. Yep. So I'm hoping that this year, because social media is so much of a player um, in shaming people into doing the right thing, like if they can't do the right <laughs> thing because they just feel like they need to do the right thing, social media is playing a part in making people rethink how they present themselves on Halloween. So let's hope that we don't see any Caitlyn Jenner costumes on Instagram. Well, I have a list 
a checklist before you leave the house. Maybe ask yourself some of these questions, and it'll tell you whether you're being problematic or not. Do you want to hear it? Proceed, sir. Number one, are you holding a tomahawk? Mm, mm, That is is problematic. Hashtag problematic. Yes. If so, put it down and step away. (laughs) Same goes for native headdresses. Also for if you're trying to be a sexy Pocahontas. Mm, No, no. Just don't. No. Native people have been through enough. We can all agree on that. The last thing they need is you running around perpetuating stereotypes or insulting their culture. Mm-hmm. Two, are you dressing up as a geisha? Ooh. If so, <laughs> there's an addendum. Just stop there. Just stop there. <laughs> if so, are you dressed up as Katy Perry as a geisha from her American Music Awards performance to shine a light on the harms of cultural appropriation? And if you're not doing that, then just don't. Just don't. It's don't an do extremely it. meta. Put down costume. the parasol. Like, do not do it. Are you dressed up as a Nazi? Oh. If you answered yes, yeah. how uh, dare you? Just, just to quote Mindy Kaling, are you dressed up as a mariachi singer oh, and aren't no. Mexican? Put down the margarita. You're drunk. And finally, are you a white person using makeup on your face to appear uh, browner? Mm. If so, stay home and don't come out until you've read ta Coates's Between the World and Me. I'm reading that right now. It's the best book ever. Mm-hmm. Everyone should read it. So I saw this map that's going around the internet this week that is a map of America's favorite Halloween candy by state Ooh. in 2015, and it's by Influencer. Oh, who has the candy corn? That's all I want to know. What state? Is I'm so glad you asked because I really corn. wanted to make a point to shame those people. <laughs> it's like candy corn out of all the candy in the world. So let's start there. You know it's Texas. Oh, God. you know it's. Oh, Texas. I would have guessed like Iowa or something. There are other states. Ah. There are other states. Oregon. Candy corn. Also? Candy corn. And What's wrong with these people. And also Tennessee and South Carolina. What candy corn? Yeah, all of these are candy corn. Okay, so I want to ask you guys, what's your favorite candy? And I can tell you where you should allegedly live. Mm. Whoppers, 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 whoppers. Ooh. You have no place in this fair I was going to say. (laughs) Demetra, what's a whopper? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so whoppers are little round balls that look almost like marbles. They're chocolate and they're malt balls. They're really good. I have to bring you some. Oh. You know what they're like? Maltesers. <laughs> Basically, my life is one long quest to work out the American equivalents of British chocolate. So <laughs> you've just ticked off another box for me. Maltesers equals Whoppers. Yes. So, Jameter has to move out of the country because yeah, there's no place for her. Clearly. Carly, what's your favorite candy? I think we candy? already knew that, though. Um, oh, uh, I do love Snickers. Oh, um, Bounty Bar. Do you have Bounty? What is what a Bounty is Bar? It's a delicious coconut bar. Oh, you want um, you want um, almond uh, joy. Almond joy. Almond joy. There you go. All right. If you go with almond joy, you're going to be in Vermont or my home state of Maryland. Yes. Mm. So Thanks for translating, Jamidra. <laughs> <laughs> you can hang out with my family. I would. I would love nothing more. But if you want Snickers, you you have two options. Hmm. You got Illinois mm-hmm. and Alaska. Ooh. Ooh, tough times for Alaska. What well, about you, Emmanuel? If you want to talk about tough times. I'm very certain about my favorite candy. Mm-hmm. It is Kit Kat, no matter what. Mm. And there's only one state that has Kit Kat. So I apparently have to move to Montana. What? There's like 50 Kat? people there, and I have to go be 51. Oh my like, I don't want to be there. Well, I'm sure the real estate is 
fabulous. But you right? know what? I will be everyone's token gay friend. <laughs> they will either love me or, you know. <laughs> no, we'll, no, we'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. If you want to see which state you belong in based on the kind of candy you like, head to kqd.org slash pop to try this map out for yourself. So I'm wondering, what is the one moment from cinematic history that you witnessed as a child and it scarred you forever? First up, Jamidra. Carol Ann? Mm. Ooh! Carol Ann! Mommy! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Poltergeist, I think, was probably the scariest one for me. Um, the idea that I, I watched a lot of television as a child. <laughs> so so did I. <laughs> So the idea that this relationship that I have with television, this wonderful, wonderful relationship, <laughs> could be violated in such an evil way was frightening to me. I remember just being scared at night, uh, thinking that, uh, you know, what could be? Could I get sucked into the television? Which is completely ridiculous and a crazy idea. But I when you're a child so. and you're watching, like, HBO late night when you're not supposed to, those are the kind of ideas that creep into your head. The second movie is uh, Candyman. I don't know <gasps> if you guys ever saw Candyman. Uh, my favorite. Still, my, oh I think my, my top gosh. five horror movies. To wow. this Terrifying. day, I will not say Candyman in the mirror. Don't, I refuse. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> ever, no. Just because never I don't do want to know. I don't want to take it there. It could happen. Maybe it's all a dream. Maybe it's pretend. But if it's not, I don't want to find out. So those are probably my two scary. Oh, and, and what is it? Was that Poltergeist, the scene when the clown comes from under the yes. bed and drags? Oh, my Yes. <laughs> I love that you've chosen those two because those are the two horror movies that I've, like, I've carried from childhood into my adult life. I, just, I think they're both fantastic movies. Candyman as well. How, like, underrated is that film? Candyman is so under. Have you seen that movie? Okay, I was just trying to keep quiet over here because <laughs> Candyman to me is only a Christina Aguilera, like, bop. I love that song. <laughs> Um, I don't you know this movie. You have to see this movie. It's Candyman fantastic. is like one of the scariest movies ever. And so the, the premise of the movie is that if you say, you close, you turn the lights off. I think you turn the lights off, right? I think you can just say it. And then the you look into yeah. the mirror and you say Candyman three times. And this, was it Lawrence Fishburne? It I want to say that it was um, like Lawrence t- Fishburne. Um, Tony Todd. Tony, Tony Todd. Tony Todd would appear. Who's amazing. Oh my God. Would appear um, and essentially kill you. Oh, yeah. with a hook for a hand. Yeah. What? Yes. Oh, I, okay. So everyone says, oh, this movie sounds ludicrous. But it is fantastic because it's genuinely really grim. You know, like most horror movies have like a little bit of levity to them. No. No, not nope. this movie. It's set in um, Cabrini Green projects And there were Chicago. brown people in this movie. So that was oh. the, for me, it was like, ah, white people. Like, they'll, you run and you fall and you'll get killed. And that doesn't happen in the hood. This was in the hood. Oh, and it was like, no. you were bringing this to me. I can die. Oh. Candyman will kill me. It is grim. It's all about like poverty and like myths that come out of living a horrible life. What? It's fantastic. And it also it's based on a book by Clive Barker who wrote Hellraiser. Oh. Ooh. All right. Go. I need to do my homework. Yes, I, I will get back you to do. you guys. But it was believable because when I was in elementary school, I we there was like the Bloody Mary. Did you guys have yes. that? So it was it was kind of similar to Bloody Mary. Uh-huh. And it was just yeah. But at a hook in yes, the hood. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Watch it and report back. I will. So the two movies for me, mm-hmm. I'll start, I'll tease the first one. Oh. That is Friday the 13th. Yes. Never seen it. Oh, my God. Well, there's like 10 zillion of them, so you have a lot to catch up on. But there was one particular one that, for some reason, we had on VHS when I was growing up. And 
my sister's not that much older than me, my older sister. So there was no reason why we would have a VHS of Friday the 13th, like seven or whatever. Yeah. Like my parents are immigrants. They, it's not theirs. They got it for us. So they didn't bet that clearly common sense media was not around <laughs> for them at that point. So, <laughs> like they were not, they did not no. have the rating. <laughs> so the part in this movie that scarred me forever, it's centered around this lake and there was like some incident and, and Jason is the killer's name, like died and drowned at this camp or something. Oh, and yeah. so he grows up underwater or something and shows up with his hockey mask. I know it sounds like, a perfect premise. Of course. But anyway, there's these like sexy, rowdy teens or like early 20s somethings camping. And well, this... the actors are probably all about like 30 It's always 38. like that though. Exactly. It's like, oh, these kids are promiscuous, so they deserve to die. That's how they set it yeah. up with all those, those old school horror Sex movies, equals right? death in a horror film, yeah. Yeah. So this one girl is like having sex in a tent with some dude and he goes out to pee and he's like, oh, did you take a piss? And then he leaves. He gets killed somehow. I don't Obviously. remember how. But the way the girl is killed scars me to this day and makes me not want to camp like Jamidra, Hello. who doesn't like camping. Hello. Um, so she's in a sleeping bag and he, and she's dragged out of her tent and then thrown against a tree. And then and then the next thing you see, she it's her head coming out of the sleeping bag and she's dead with covered in blood. And oh. I was like, I'm never going outdoors. <laughs> Hold on, like have, have you watched that like recently? I watched it on YouTube like maybe a couple years ago. Still as scary as it was. I feel like whenever I watch old school horror movies, the the special effects are so horrendous that it's hard to even be frightened anymore. Mm. Like the 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 blood is so ridiculous. It's so yeah. the red. head looks so <laughs> fake. Ooh. But yeah, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven or whatever it was was a prophylactic for me. That's why I didn't have sex for a very long time because I was like, if you have sex, you get thrown against a tree and you die. Well, that's what the horror movies. That's what that's how they set them all up. When you really think about it, in all of those like teenage based horror movies, Mm -hmm. it was always the promiscuous teenagers who got killed. Yep, always. And in the there were parents clearly directing those films. (laughs) (laughs) And in the most epic ways to die, they always save the best for the like sluttiest. Yeah. Um, my second one is unusual. It's the last unicorn. Oh, have you guys seen this movie? Mm-mm. Okay, let me let me. At walk least I don't think this. I have. There's only one unicorn in the land. Why is that? Mia Farrow is the voice, and she's like, "Why am I the only?" And she's like falling around caterpillars and butterflies and stuff, and they're just like, you know, I wouldn't ask questions. Just like enjoy your life and be alone. And she's like, no. So she goes in search mm-hmm. for the truth. She is eventually turned into a woman and then says, I feel this body dying all around me. And there's all this drama. But the part that scares me the most is there's this huge red bull who's like on fire. Is this a cartoon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> some fever dream you had. Some cheese dream. I wish. Um, so there's this huge red bull and he apparently corralled all of the other unicorns into the ocean and drowned them to keep them there for this king, this really sad, bony king, to, like, look over his castle walls and be like, you're mine, I own you. And so she goes there as a human, and and he's like, I know who you are. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's just so sad and scary. And then at the end, all of the unicorns come out of the ocean, and you're kind of confused. It's like... So you're like a herd of dead unicorns, like because you've been underwater. Yeah, you're dead. Rose up right? after that, so. and it's just like there's no happy ending. She doesn't end up with Jeff Bridges, the guy that she's Ooh. into. 
There's also a drunk skull who like keeps drinking and his bones turn rosy and he's insane. I really recommend it, but it's frightening for like a five-year-old like, is, are these, is this for children? Or It was for children, but it should not be seen by anyone under the <laughs> okay. age of 25. Is there a rating for that? There is. <laughs> the logo is just like a shrugging emoticon like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Carly, what's your moment in oh God, cinematic history? So many. I was a very nervous child, as you may have been able to tell from the dressing up as a Victorian ghost anecdote. Um, but I used to love horror movies, and I still do. I'm obsessed with them. Um, I love Jamidra's picks of Poltergeist and Candyman because they were mine too. Poltergeist oh. specifically, where I, I was very afraid of the the devil, despite having no religious upbringing or no <laughs> no kind of Catholic elements in my upbringing, um, and where the um, the kind of spider demon comes out of the closet and sort of roars at them. I was absolutely terrified oh. by. Cosign on Candyman, that is terrifying. But also, like, less likely fair, like Alice in Wonderland. I found that very scary, the Disney version. Really? Yeah, because when she's um, she's wandering around a very dark forest, and I just found that very kind of spooky. And there's, like, all these eyes everywhere. Yes, yes. Um, the, the movie I probably found the most disturbing but watched constantly on loop was Tim Burton's Batman. Mm. I love that movie. I still do. But it wasn't horror, but there were certain bits of it that just terrified me. Do you remember the bit where, you know, Jack Nicholson is the Joker and mm-hmm. he has the glamorous girlfriend, Jerry Hall, mm-hmm. and he he's mutilated her and he makes her wear a white china mask. Do you remember this bit over yeah. her face? And when he lures Kim Basinger to the museum, pumps in a load of gas, kills a load of people, which is terrifying. And then he brings Jerry Hall out and makes her take off her mask. <gasps> and up until the age of, I think, 17, I still couldn't watch that <laughs> No, no. Can't watch it. I still no. fast forwarded it or I used to hide behind something. And then I watched it and I was like, it's not actually that scary, but just so disturbing to me. But also in the never ending story, that was one for me. That wolf in the cave. Do you guys remember? Oh no! <gasps> you didn't watch the never-ending story. Which one is this one? Was this the? Was this the? the oh, it's where the kid finds the book and he disappears into a fantastical land. And does he? There's like this is hot Narnia? boy <laughs> who like rides this. Dragon um, his name is Atreyu. Okay. Thank you, Emmanuel. And then that horse in the quicksand. <laughs> his name is Artex. That is so scary. And the scary. quicksand is the swamp of sadness. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. You can find that on YouTube if you ever want to really. If you're doing an acting scene and you need to prepare the tears. It's so unnerving for a child. Oh. And I, it's funny because watching Poltergeist again recently, there's um, a bit that was cut out of all the television edits mm-hmm. I used to have. I used to tape them on VHS when they were on TV. And there's a horrible bit in Poltergeist. I don't know if you guys remember where the guy starts like clawing his own face off. Oh, Do you remember yes. That? In the mirror. Oh, my gosh. And so that bit is frequently cut out. And it's funny because... You are bringing back memories oh, yeah. for me. <laughs> well, that is used as an example of how, like, kids' movies, like movies intended for younger people, were brutal oh, back yeah. in the day. Like, a degree of, like, bloodiness and gore that you just don't get. And there's actually some really interesting stuff online, if you look this up, um, about how um, PG-13, the rating, was created. And apparently, get this, it was created after Steven Spielberg made... Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Have you guys seen that? Yes, movie? yes, I have. Do you remember the bit where the guy's heart is taken out alive as a human? Yes, oh, God. <laughs> yes. 
And then the guy's lo- like lowered into like a flaming pit. So, so many people watched that and said like, this is horrible and it's a kid's movie. What have you done, Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg was instrumental in inventing the PG-13 rating. There's some amazing videos online that explain how this came about and they show like how like weird and gross and sexy like kids films used to be mm-hmm. as well. Like really violent and you used to see a lot of blood. And the difference is now that you still see the violence but you don't see the blood. And that's why movies from you know back in the day, the 80s and the 90s, intended for kids, they look so violent to us now because there's blood. You see what happens when people get shot well, or stabbed. Well, speaking of that, or... like The Exorcist. Like Puke. The Exorcist. And, well, and that was an NC-17. I went to the movies <laughs> to see because I didn't see the original. Like, I didn't see it originally, obviously, when it first came out. But I went to the movies to see it when they had the re-release. And at the end of the film, they showed, like, outtakes. What? We don't and need outtakes. Of there was this scene when, I can't remember her name, the, the girl who... Oh, Reagan. Reagan comes down the stairs, upside down, walking the on the tips of walk. her fingers and her toes... That image to this day freaks me out. If I close my eyes and I see that, I'm scared. Then as an adult, another movie that freaked me out, not the later ones, but the very first one, Final Destination. It's a good film. Final Destination. Wait, you're laughing, Emmanuel. Creepy. It's a good film. Don't go on roller coasters or planes or anywhere or drive a well, car. You know why? A piece it's of freaky? lumber will kill you. Duh. We know why it's freaky because they are just these are actual things that could happen in real life. Yep. The idea that a bottle of water can roll under your brake when you're driving and prevent you from stopping what? is a real thing. Oh. That That's is, why I don't drive. I don't that, drive. That's my, the only reason. My license is expired. I can't get into bars and this is why. Exactly. We've seen what happens when you can't get into bars. Yep, it's when... really sad. Going back to Exorcist, the priest is Greek. And yes. when the devil talks to him, he talks in the voice of this priest's Greek mother. So a lot of it's in Greek. And so for me as a Greek child... Are you serious? It, it hit me to my core because I knew what the devil was saying. Well, what was he saying? I thought that was Latin. This whole time. <laughs> nope. Nope. Is it, it was is Greek. It horrible what he's saying? What I remember is saying the worst things that your parent could say is like, I'm disappointed in you. How dare you? You're killing me. That kind of thing. So as a Greek child, that has got to be... Yeah. So when the exorcist comes up, I, I leave the room and dip set. you're like it it not me it not me if you don't know what we're talking about we talked about millennial slang in episode two i believe i think it was and now we've started using it even though in that episode we said no one uses this stuff but now we do it me i'm getting whiplash from all these callbacks yes so many callbacks oh god all right so so say it's safe to say that we are all traumatized in our own ways Mm -hmm. and emmanuel we will sit you down and show you Candyman. <gasps> you will watch Candyman before it's all said. And but you know none what? None of the sequels. You know what? I'm going to sit you down and make you listen to Christina Aguilera's Candyman. <laughs> so it'll be equal. I think it's scarier. It, it might be, actually. <laughs> so when I was thinking about Halloween and horror and mm. all of that, I started thinking about the books I used to read, and I used to love Fear Street, which is the more adult version of Goosebumps by Arl Stein, mm. to the extent where I went to Greece one summer with a suitcase full of Fear Street books because there was a saga that I loved. So there was like, you know, 20 or 30 of them, and I knew I was going to be bored because I wasn't an outdoorsy kid. I wasn't a social kid. So I Thanks just to horror lo- movies. Thanks to horror movies. Okay. I just stay indoors. <laughs> And family must have loved you. <laughs> uh-huh. They thought it was a problem. So my grandfather actually sat me down and said, all right, so I think you should go outside today. 
<laughs> you spent the past four days inside reading these books, and I like that you read, but you should go play with kids at the playground around the corner. And I was like, I don't want to. And he forced me, and it was probably good for me. So thanks, Grandpots. See you this summer. So building off of that, I did some research on Goosebumps and Fear Street. So Fear Street was the more grown-up version of Goosebumps, right? Yes. But I distinctly recall that I used to read a series that was the more grown-up version of Goosebumps, but it was called Point Horror. What? Like I'm doing that with a kind of <laughs> Point. Point Horror. R.L. Stein contributed some to Point Horror, okay. but they also got some great other writers that you've never heard of to, to write some other books. Sexy Lifeguards, okay. Babysitters, that kind of thing. Ooh. Great stuff. So we both were reading horror stories. Jamidra, what were you reading? Mm, I was, well, see, I read The Babysitter's Club. Mm -hmm. I did not read horror stories as a child. What I did do was pilfer my mom's bookshelf and sneak books from her room. (laughs) So I was reading Terry McMillan novels. You grew up so fast. (laughs) Hence the reason I was dressed up as Bernadine from Waiting to Exhale (laughs) in junior high school. Um, so Waiting to Exhale probably would classify as a horror book if you're 14, <laughs> yeah, 13. You're like, don't get married <laughs> don't ever. Don't get married ever. Made or not to be a trusted. A cautionary tale. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Babysitter's Club was my jam. I hadn't like ventured into like the horror stuff. The horror movies, yes, but the books, not so much. So I'm intrigued by this. I used to, um, for some reason, my school library, my high school library had every Thomas Harris book that had ever been written. So I checked out Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon, um, and I wanted to get away with reading them in the house. But for some reason, I had this idea that my parents would be angry with me for reading these books, which I, looking back, I really don't think they would have been. So I used Brown to paper take, bag cover. That's what I used to do. Well, my, <laughs> my plan was endless baths. Oh. oh. I read the entirety of Silence of the Lambs in the bath. Really? They must have was thought this around puberty? Was going on. Um, I was because they might have thought you were doing something else about what you were doing in the bathroom. This is my concern. I was genuinely just reading. <laughs> They're like, Carly's super randy. I don't, I don't get it. But we're just gonna let her be her. So, from the way that Emmanuel in front of me is clutching some pieces of paper with barely disguised excitement, I think that you have a quiz for us. I think I do. Oh, okay. Well, let's bring it. That's what my audible white knuckles are telling you. Yep. And the fact that I haven't seen you all today, which means you've been really working on something. Yep. Okay. So this is what I've done. Mm-hmm. I've taken titles and teasers from Goosebumps and Fear Street. I'll give you the title. And then I'm going to give you three teasers that appear on the book cover. Okay. So we okay. match the, the real teaser to the title. Got it. Got it. We're going to start with A Different Holiday. Silent Night is the title. Mm-hmm. Here are your options. What's the teaser? A. All is calm, all is fright. <gasps> okay. I like that one. B. Something's coming down the chimney, and it isn't Santa. <laughs> <laughs> C. Happy holidays. You're dead. <gasps> it's, I know. I know. It's C. Is it? I think it's C. I'm going with A because that just seems like something that would be printed on a book. The other two seem like... I'm going with Happy Holidays, You Are Dead. And you're going with All is Calm, All is Bright. Mm-hmm. I have to say, Carly is correct. Yes! It's- it is Happy Holidays, You're Dead. Someone was paid to write that. These are kids' books? Yep. Ariel, really? <laughs> okay. Welcome to Dead House is the title. Option A. It will just kill you. Option B. 
You don't want to know what's hiding in the basement. <gasps> Option C, new home, old graves. Oh. Ooh, can I go with C? You sure can. I like C. Hmm. I think C is too good. That's the problem with C. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with A, even though I can't really remember what it was. A is, it will just kill you. Yeah, A. It's, it sounds ludicrous. That's what would be on the front of Fear Street. And I know I'm right because you're tittering you're right. <laughs> It is, it will just kill you. Three. Three for three. But thanks for saying my new home, Old Graves, was it well was written. Really good. I Thank love that good. one. Yeah, I should write horror stories. I was gonna for say maybe I, I this is easier than I thought. Maybe I should write teen. I mean, you joke, but I've always thought that books. writing young adult fiction would be a great revenue stream. If this podcast doesn't turn out, we're gonna be the next R.L. Steins for sure. All right, this next one is called Chicken Chicken. I'm sorry, what? Chicken Chicken. Can I draw you a picture with my words of what the cover looks like? Okay, it's a girl looking distressed, and she's part chicken. Chicken, chicken. Yes. Okay. No. A. It's a finger-licking nightmare. Oh, God. Nope. Trademark infringement. B. You are what you eat. C. Duck, duck, noose. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to be duck, duck, noose so bad. But, but it's not. I feel like it's you are what you eat. Please don't tell me it's the first one. B. It's B. It's B. You're both wrong. <gasps> it's A. It's a finger licking nightmare. No, it's not. That is written on a book somewhere. Uh, you know what? That, that franchise is going to come after them. I was going to say, Colonel Sanders There is has a, a franchise that will come after them. <laughs> Cat. C-A-T spells murder. No. 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 It's a perfect night for murder. <laughs> she will scratch your eyes out. B. Perfect night. I'm going to go with B. Well, it's A. <gasps> no, it's not. C-A-T spells murder. No, no. Yes, it is. It's but not. It's just factually incorrect. Can you bring That's down- what's scary about it. So what we've learned from this is that this book series is ridiculous, and I can't believe I stayed indoors in the country of Greece to read them. I think that's the scariest thing yes. about this entire podcast. Yes. That's well, truly you know, spooky. We have determined that if this podcast thing doesn't work out, we have a career, possibly, in teen fiction. Oh, for sure. It doesn't take much, apparently. Because you just, you write one book and then you um you flip the genders around and write a sequel. Boom. That's what the Twilight Lady did. Bloop. Easy money. Have you guys heard that director Henry Selick from Nightmare Before Christmas has determined whether Nightmare Before Christmas... <laughs> is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. Hmm? Carly cannot contain herself, so I'm going to let her take this over. (laughs) Tell us, Carly. I'm literally sweating with anticipation. Is it a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Okay, so I have been lambasted all my life for claiming that The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween film and not a holiday film. Hmm. You should watch it on or around Halloween and not at the festive season. And now the director... Henry Selleck has come out and said that the time that you should watch A Nightmare Before Christmas is... Halloween! Halloween. Vindication at last? I feel great. I feel great too. (laughs) And you listeners will feel great because we're rolling out of this episode with a song from that movie. Yes. It's Halloween. 
And you know, I, I'm not going to sing it. Look, we should just listen to it. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors gonna die of fright. It's our time. Everybody scream. So we would be remiss not to thank some important people in our lives, yes, starting yes. with Susie Racho in the booth. Woo-hoo! Thank Hi. you for hanging in there with us, Susie. Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs mm-hmm. for our theme music, keeping us in style forever. Yes. And last but not least, David Marcus, who has agreed to be called our podcast daddy, P Daddy. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> so thanks, P Daddy, for everything you do for us. And thanks to you guys for being you. And thanks to you, Emmanuel. Oh my gosh. We're not going to sing the Golden Girls theme again. (laughs) No. That was a one-time thing. If you want to listen to it, listen to the rest of our series and you'll find it. I'm not going to tell you where. Catch us next week. We'll be back next Thursday. See ya. Happy Halloween. Woo! Carol Ann? Mm-hmm. Ooh.